Hello and welcome back to Colonial Console, Army Century Media's premier video game podcast. My name is Malik Johnson. I'm here with Garrett Roberts. Hi, I'm Garrett Roberts, Arts and Entertainment's Assistant Manager. I didn't mention it in the intro, but I am the news manager for Army Century Media. I'm in charge of the news. And with us today. You're in charge of the news. You you are personally in charge of the news. You tell the news what 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 happens. That's, that's great. I edit the articles. <laughs> You're in charge of the news. I'm, I'm Logan Cardi, by the way. I'm in charge of sports. <laughs> I'm the sports of the sports manager at Army Central Media. And on today's podcast, Logan is here to talk about Red Dead Redemption. We're also going to talk about Days Gone and the delays that went on with that. Esports. We're going to continue our coverage of esports. We've talked a lot about esports. Yeah. But before we begin, Logan Carney, you've been playing Red Dead Redemption since when? Since I think it's Friday. Since Friday. All right. Give us your quick. Quick. How do you feel about it? It's, it's, diff- it's difficult to just describe just how amazing of a game is so quick. It, it's, in my opinion, it's it's arguably the greatest game ever made. I think it's. I I I know Garrett's over there. I don't know if Garrett's played it yet, but you know that's a bold claim. But it is absolutely phenomenal. It is. I've been playing it since Friday, and I haven't found anything wrong with it. It is one of the first perfect games that I've come across. So a question that I have that I just immediately thought of when I heard of a Rockstar game: Does it still suffer from the Rockstar controls? Like, what do you mean? In GTA Five and even the original Red Dead Redemption, it was like trying to steer. Like, if you try to steer a horse or a car, it's absolutely horrendous. So um, that's something that I've never really, you know, complained about those games about. Um, in terms of just how it flows, though, the, the game's better in in that area. Um, there's a lot more. For example, the the relationship with building your horse, and I hope this answers your question. Um, it improves the controls of the horse as you go on. Um, so, yes, your horse may be a little bit more... I mean, it's still easy to control. But at first, your horse is a little bit more difficult to control because you haven't built that relationship with your horse. As the game progresses, it gets easier and easier and easier. There's more things you can do. For, uh, for example, in, uh, in just how your relationship builds, it makes it easier. If you are just got a new horse and you're in a gun battle, the horse might get scared and it'll be a little bit of a pain to control. As you ride that horse more, as you feed it, you brush it, you have to take care of your horse. The game um, progresses to the point where if you get in a gun battle, the horse doesn't get scared. And it's, it's, it's really easy to control. I, I hope that answers your question. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions that I have is I've seen this around the Internet that, the, that it's too granular, that it makes you do every little piece of that you would have to do. That it doesn't that it takes away from the fun. See, I disagree, um, and this is this is in my review earlier today. I was worried about that because I don't know if you guys ever played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, mm-hmm. but they tried. Um, that's a game where you know it's 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 you have to have cheat codes in certain specific cheat codes, especially ones to eliminate um, the, the, some of the stuff like the eating, which in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was annoying. Eating and having to work out to make sure your character was fit was annoying. As as the even though the game I still think is one of the better games that they've ever done, it's my favorite GTA game. That stuff is annoying, and I was worried when Red Dead's when they announced you're gonna have to feed your character, you're gonna have to bathe your character, you have to shave, you have to do all these things to keep your gang happy, you have to do all these things to keep your horse happy. You know, you have to you have to wear um, winter clothes in cold weather and summer clothes in warm weather. 
the game it, it perfectly balances to the point where it's realistic and not annoying now i also got the ultimate edition which came with a survival pack which comes with a lot of free meals so it may not be as big of a pain for me as it would be for somebody that just got the standard edition and doesn't have free meals ready for them in the game but i haven't i think it's the perfect balance between realism realistic and um not without being too realistic to the point where it's annoying like san andreas was for example so how difficult is it to find meals in the game it's not difficult at all um your camp has well like i said i have the survival pack so i have free meals but even then um you can go any bar has meals um you can hunt an animal you have a campsite in your in you that you that's on you with your horse um, you, you can set up the campsite and you can cook a meal right there with the fire pit. Um, the camp, the gang's hideout has free meals there and you can buy meals there um, from like rations. Not even buy, but you can get them from rations and stuff like that. It's really not difficult. Like for, for again, to reference back to San Andreas, where all you can go is fast food places. Um, you didn't have, you couldn't carry around, you know, food. You can carry around candy bars in some meals, but nobody's going to do that. GTA or Red Dead 2 it's not it's 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 not annoying I understand for some people it may be I heard that there are cheat codes in the game so maybe you can avoid that I personally haven't seeked them out because I don't think that they're needed for this game but it's it's not it's not annoying as I expected it to be uh so a big selling point of this game and it was in all the trailers was Arthur Morgan the main character's relationship with the gang and how he interacts with the gang and how the gang is really dependent on him how can you talk about that is it are they really that integral to the story and like how you play the gang is the is the story the gang is the story um a lot of characters from the from the original um since it is a prequel return dutch returns javier returns and bill williamson all return um and they're important to the story john marston the main character from the first game is in the second game and Correction, you know, there's this is the third game. The, well, third game, but it's the second Red Dead Redemption. Is the okay. third Red Dead, but the second Red Dead Redemption. John, there's some friction between John Marston and Arthur Morgan that I don't want to spoil or anything like that. Uh, which is it's a bit upsetting because I love John Marston from the first from from Red Dead Redemption. Um, but there is some friction there, and it does add to the story. The the game, the voice acting by all the characters, especially Dutch and. Arthur Morgan in the motion capture work that was done for them is phenomenal. It feels like a movie. Um, whenever they get to their cutscenes, it flows tremendously. Like for example, um, similar to how GTA and the earlier games, when you would start a mission, you would get the little little cutscene before the cutscene of it switching to nighttime. I don't know if you guys you guys know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. So switching to nighttime. This game, you walk in and it just go. It just it just slowly transitions to cinematic modes, and you're there. Whatever it doesn't change time. Whatever time it was is what the mission starts at. Whatever outfits you are wearing is what the mission starts at. What your beard was, if you're fat, same thing. How the other character looks, all that stuff starts with is, is in the cutscene. So they built all that into the cutscenes. In the gang, the relationships for that is extremely important. Um, for example, um, I just did a mission where I rescued a member. I don't want to go. Obviously, I don't want to give too many spoilers away. But when we when I got back to camp. Um, the hideout later in that night, the gang was having a party and everybody's like the, the gang members always talk to you during it. Um, they'll come up to you they're like, hey, Arthur, we're having a party f- to rescue, you know, so because you just brought back so and so and stuff like that. And 
you know, the, the relationships there in terms of the party and everything like that, it, it, it adds to the game. There's a mission where you get drunk with a gang member in a bar and it's it's the, there's amount of a lot of cutscenes where it's just a montage of them doing drunk acts. And that's pretty much the whole mission. It's just it's you walking around drunk and then half of it is cutscenes of you getting drunk with your buddy and doing dumb um, dumb stuff. The, but the game because of that relationship with the gang, it's it, it's it's absolutely, you know, it's so much fun to watch. So it is extremely important, and it adds to the game a lot. So they also talked about that if you ignore the gang, that they start to not like you, that they'll starve, things like that. Can Is that what happens? Have you ignored the gang that much? I haven't ignored the game that much. Um, you can donate money and stuff like that to the gang and help improve their hideout, and that's what I've been. I've heard that, too. Again, I personally haven't ignored the gang, so my relationship with the gang is pretty good. Um if whenever you go to the hideout, you can. Um, one thing that's cool is you can talk to every single non-playable character in the game, every single one, and they all have um, a bunch of different dialogues. So it feels like you're getting a new conversation every time, and that's true with how the gang is. So if you just go to the gang and you just talk to them right before you leave off for a mission or whatever, or you do some of the side quests that they have and stuff like that, then your relationship will be fine. You can donate food, you can donate items, you can donate all that stuff. You can improve the camp and everything. And as far as, you know, the relationship that my character has, now, again, this may be different for somebody else because I, again, haven't experienced this. But as far as the relationship with my character, um, I haven't ignored them to enough to say that that claim's true. But I can definitely see that with how much my relationship is with the gang, I can see that being the case. Where do you see, where you are in the story right now, where do you see the story being? Where do you see it, like, ending up? So the story is 60 hours long. Um, they cut five hours from it. I'm still in chapter two of the story, so I'm not that far. My guess is, knowing from what I know, and this is more knowing from what I know from Red Dead Redemption and not from Red Dead 2, I know there's friction between Arthur and John. In Red Dead Redemption, I, I assume you guys have played it, but Red Dead Redemption is about John Marston going back and killing the remaining members of his gang, which is Javier... Dutch, Bill Williamson, and then there's also a character, Uncle, who is in Red Dead 2, who's in the gang, but he's with John Marston at the end. Um, my guess is, and similar to Red Dead, whenever John Marston dies at the end of Red Dead Redemption, um, I'm not worried about spoiling that, because if you haven't played that, it was back in 2010, so you should have played that by now, but if when John Marston dies at the end of Red Dead, you play as John Marston's kid. My guess is the way they're going to transition it is John's going to kill Arthur at the end of the game, and you're going to play the open world stuff as John. Again, that's I haven't read anything into the plot. I've been avoiding spoilers, but that is my personal guess of where I think it's going, knowing from what I know from Red Dead Redemption. Of course, Rockstar is amazing at building sports stories. They could do something different. Arthur's a very likable character. Um... From some of the reviews I read that were spoiler-free, they did say the story did have some heartbreaking moments in it. So maybe maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But my personal guess, that's how I see the game ending. All right. Which I think would be great for the Red Dead story. That's how I'd want it to end. I know with like GTA V, a lot of the main characters were pretty unlikable and the uh, accompanying cast was like not great people. Do you feel a little bit differently about Red Dead 2? Do you think the entire cast is likable and lovable almost? I mean, what do you mean by likable? 
like like you you would want to go get drunk with those people essentially because I, I, I love the characters from GTA 5 I think they're amazing I obviously um if I saw them in person you think I would I like them probably not uh, maybe Franklin Franklin was very honorable um Michael you know I'm on the fence about that obviously Trevor no but <laughs> <laughs> um the game Red Dead it, the characters are very likable like I said, you you already know a lot of the characters. Um, the one that Arthur has friction with is the most is John Marston. And John Marston was from the from the Red Dead Redemption and was extremely likable in Red Dead Redemption. And he's, in my opinion, one of the greatest um, video game main characters ever made. Um, in terms of you know just just everything about him, the characters in this game. What I because I was a bit worried. Am I gonna like Dutch, who was the villain from the first one? Am I going to like Bill Williamson? Am I going to like Javier? Am I going to like these guys? And yes, they are very... I mean, some of them aren't, but the ones that aren't are the ones they don't want you to like. Um, for example, one character by the name of Micah um, um, is, is not very likable. Um, he's a bit of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bill Williamson um, is, is more likable than I would have expected, but he's also on the fence of likability. Dutch, the main the dude's in charge of the Dutch Vandalin gang and is the main villain from the first one. Uh, from Red Dead Redemption is extremely likable, and that has to that has to do with a lot to um, their motives because their motives is more of just surviving. They're not they're not like a lot of the Grand Theft Auto characters where their motives are to make money. Their motives are to are to um, do these heinous acts. You know, for for Trevor, for example, was do it for fun. For Michael, um, was do it for a lot of money. Um, Franklin, because he wanted to get out, that's one that you could respect. The other two, not so much. In terms of Red Dead, every the gang's doing it to survive. They're doing all these horrible things because they want to survive. Yes, they want to make money, but they want to live, and that's why they're doing it. And that's that's a big theme in all of it, um, and that's what separates them from other gangs um, that are in it, like the Odriscos, who are the, the at least as far as I'm for a big big rival gang um, so far in the story. They are very likable. Similar to how Red Dead Redemption had, had likable main characters, the the gang is is very likable, even if you know that these guys are going to be um, jerks later down the road. We're going to wrap it up and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to discuss Days Gone, one of Sony's big games that they've been pushing. Got delayed out of February, a super huge month, and we're going to talk about some of the games that come out in February. And also we're going to talk about Nike, who signed their first esports player not too long ago on Colonial Console. To hear more of Logan's thoughts on Red Dead Redemption 2, be sure to check out armyofcenturymedia.com. And welcome back to Colonial Console, Army of Century Media's premier video game podcast. If you're just now tuning in, my name is Malik Johnson. With me, Garrett Roberts and Logan Carney, who just reviewed Red Dead Redemption 2. Be sure to check out that review on the site. February 22nd, 2019 has four games coming out. Anthem, Metro Exodus, Crackdown 3, and Days Gone. And one of those games are gone. Oh, oh that hurt. <laughs> Days Gone got delayed a couple of months just to get it outside of that nice cluster going on in February. But what I wanted to talk to you guys. So Days Gone actually was one of the big first party games that Sony has been pushing. That's what they've been playing at all their showcases. What game were they afraid of? 
was it the, was it a specific game or was it like just the fact that it's four games on one day? Is it confirmed that that's why it got pushed back or that maybe there's issues that are still with it? The game is done, I think. I think the game went gold already. Let me double check though. If anything, the only game they had to fear was Metro because both would be a post-apocalyptic setting. Mm-hmm. But even then, they're very different audiences for those games. Yeah. Because, like, Days Gone is, like, a zombie game. It's really, really real, um, realistic one, too, from what they've been pushing. Um, extremely realistic um, zombie game is something that they've been pushing for years. I'm surprised. I, I, feel, like, I feel like the game's not ready. Of course, that has to be... I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, again, I, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Again, if, if if it is because there's four games going on one day, but to me, I mean, the game seems like one that's really large, and that's something that Sony wants to make sure is is perfect before it goes out. Because again, to go back to Red Dead, that's a game that was pushed back three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rockstar always pushes back their games to make sure that they come out without any flaws. I mean, that's one of the things that they're known for. That's one of the things that make them a great video game company. So maybe you know Sony is doing the same thing. You know, this did just come out because this news. Uh, when did this news drop? Um, it would have dropped. Would it be last week? Uh, last week or two weeks ago? Yeah. And you think that they maybe saw all the pre-orders that Red Dead got, hmm. and were like, "This game was delayed three times, so it's really not a huge issue if we delay our game, it was just to make sure that all the that there's all the flaws are out of it." Yeah, I, I can see what you mean by that too, because. Look at Square Enix. They pushed back Kingdom Hearts 3 for now three years. Well, that came as a myth. That's why. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a myth. But it, it'll be coming out in January, so there is that. Roxas. And additionally, I haven't heard of Days Gone a lot before this. Like the really? Circles, yeah, the circles that I was in for like gaming news and everything weren't talking about Days Gone. But now everybody's talking about it. This yeah, is a good way to get days, news. I mean, I I heard I heard about it. I, I've seen the trailers for it. But yeah, I have a big PlayStation guy, so that's why I've oh. heard about it. Um, it's it's something oh. that I thought would be cool. But all right. So according to Variety, I was looking things up. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, the publisher also said it wanted to move the game out of a crowded February, but it's going to take the time to f- further polish Days Gone. So a little bit of both. Yeah. So so it's it sounds like again. It, I feel like that they probably saw just how good Red Dead was doing with the pre-orders and was like, it's not really a big issue if we push this back. Well, I don't think Red Dead had much of a thing because Rockstar is like the unicorn of like video game studios. Like they just do whatever they want and people just expect their games to hit once every 10 years. I definitely think it was more of the, those four four games because those are four. Like, like Days Gone has been a big push, but Anthem has been a big push from EA. Metro Exodus really hasn't, but that is a really big like following, and then no one's were actually worried about Crackdown Three. Does anybody buy EA games anymore? I, I sports, like, sports, yeah, sports games. Sports. That's, yeah. that's 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 the only way they're getting their money at this point. Yeah, I mean they they have a huge sports Wait a minute. division. You mean though. you didn't play Yarny and Yarny Two? I did not play Yarny. I mean, I, it looks great. Yeah, he's focusing a lot on sports. That's, of course, they get their money, but they have Madden, his huge game. They yeah. just brought back NBA. Um, they have what else do they have? Trying to think, they make tiger, the, t- the golf games too, the Masters and everything. They make FIFA. I mean, those are all humongous games that they make. NHL, um, you know, NHL has a lot of problems. I personally don't like the game. It still makes it's still a big game. So EA's, I mean, EA they're focusing a lot more on sports, and who can blame them? <laughs> yeah. I don't really 
agree with them pushing it back. I think, honestly, it would have been fine coming out then. Having four games come out on one day is dangerous, but yeah. also I imagine some of those companies will then in turn move their date and then suddenly there's nothing coming out. Yeah, I think realistically, uh, it being a first-party game, Sony probably could have given it the push to like really be the standout for that day. I'm personally looking at this list right now. I'm probably going to play Metro Exodus, and I wasn't really going to play Days Gone, but I think because it got pushed, I'll probably play it, so maybe it is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, they kind of have to structure it around who's going to pay for it, who's when are they going to pay for it. Because, so. yeah. I mean, two months, that's definitely enough time to get you know $60 to play Days Gone. Definitely. Also, that's the summer, too. That's when we our summer starts, so I'll like have free time, hopefully. You might have the money for it, but uh, five iced coffees a day doesn't pay for a... See, that's what you do. You cut the coffee. I, I'm not doing that. You just go all natural, like I... Nike signed their first esports player. We've been talking a lot about esports on this podcast, and I really don't like watch a lot of esports, but like I understand why this is a huge deal. Uh, he's also partnering with, I think it's LeBron James, for a cool pair of shoes. Uh, what's the sports in particular? What's the game in particular? Sorry. Give me a second. I'm pulling up the article. Um, he's a league player for reference. League of Legends. Yeah. I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, Jin Zhao. No, that's how you would pronounce that. Jin Zhao? All right, cool. Three years of Japanese. I can vaguely pronounce things. <laughs> Two years of Japanese, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so they signed him, better known as Uzi, and he's going to work with LeBron James on the Dribble and campaign. Are they making shoes for him? Are they making, are they making um, esports gear? Uh, he's making Like a, gloves and stuff. He's making a shirt design. A shirt design. Yes. Interesting. It's, it's, I'm not surprised that this happened. It was going to happen eventually. I mean, yeah. esports is, is, is it's, it's it's a rising, rising industry. Part of me thinks that, that everybody expects this to become as big as sports is nowadays, and that won't happen. And, and that won't happen. And it'll end up being a huge, huge investment loss on a lot of these companies. That being said, there's still a lot of momentum into getting into it, and a lot of these companies are getting first. So I'm not surprised that Nike, who invests, who the big thing. I mean, I don't know if you guys follow the NBA at all. But, you know, the big thing with athletes, specifically in the NBA especially, are shoe deals, are closing deals, are clothing deals. I mean, that's what gets the NCAA in trouble for a lot of these things because um, company executives will pay, um, will give money to coaches to make sure that that coach gets the player. And then that player, whenever they leave college, will sign a deal with that shoe company. LeBron actually makes more money from his shoe deal than he does from, from playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those players do. That's why LeBron can just leave and go to the largest market, because even though you know Cleveland could have offered him a larger contract. So the fact that a company that is 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 going to invest in esports, even if I think it's a much bigger risk than a lot of people think it, it is, it doesn't surprise me. Now I'll ask you this because you are our sports manager, you manage the sport, um. <laughs> the sport of the sport of writing. Do you think that esports will appeal to a different crowd than? sports now do different by how for example a lot of the people who don't watch football and aren't invested in football do you think they'll be more interested in esports i mean i know people that are gamers that also don't like sports um and some of them do like sports 
Um, uh, yeah. If you think, if, if 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 are you suggesting that esports will compete with sports for viewers because people will start turning to esports instead of watching sports? Is that what you're saying? Or uh, no, I actually think that it's, it it's an alternative to sport. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. And that's why I don't think it's going to be as successful as people as as a lot of these esports are expected. And here's why: a lot of NBA teams, especially, and some other teams, are starting their own esport teams. Mm-hmm. The NBA, at some point, I would not be shocked if the NBA runs an esports league based on NBA 2K. I mean, the NHL team already does that. Yeah, the NHL, the NHL is doing it too. Madden, Madden has always had the Madden tournament, so technically speaking, they were in esports way before everyone else. Because they've the NFL has done the Madden tournament forever, so they've been in esports way before anybody else. Technically speaking, although it's not nearly the Madden the Madden tournament was not nearly as huge, because um, they always did the Madden championship right by the Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys knew that, but it's it's tough for me to see esports ever becoming the industry that is the NFL, that is the MLB, that is the NHL. These billion billion dollar companies, these massive things where um, the the lowest value team in the MLB, for example, is seven hundred million dollars. And that's the lowest. The Yankees are worth um, about are worth more than tens of billions of dollars. I can't see esports ever coming to that level. I can't see esports ever taking away viewership from sports. I think people who, I think, in terms of um, obviously people who watch sports aren't going to watch League of Legends. People that like playing League of Legends are not going to, you know, take the time out of their day to watch sports. They are two different crowds in that aspect. But in terms of, you know, the ones that are like NBA 2K that's starting in esports, um, NHL, NFL, Madden, I'm sure MLB The Show will probably have one eventually too. I don't know specifically if they've planned on doing that. Those are going to be the similar viewers. I think that's going to be the yo- a younger generation around us um, and even younger, you know, because we, we pretty much – we were at the very, very end of the watching people play video games online era. You know that that's that's like the people right younger than us. Those 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 that younger generation, the ones right below us, I think will watch both sports and the esports based on it. Maybe not as in depth as they do sports. I can't see, and even if it's a different a market, I can't I, I can't see League of Legends coming up to the level of the NFL, at least in America, mm-hmm. at least in America, overseas in Asia mm-hmm. where it's much bigger. Yes. I can't in America. I can't. I can't see that happening. Sports is sport is just too huge here. Yeah, like Uzi, of course, is a Chinese player, but in South Korea, uh, it's the esports scene is actually really big, and they see like their LeBrons are esports players. Yeah, so. I, I think I think in America, the bigger esports will be the ones that are based that are sport video games. That mm-hmm. you know, we we talked poorly on EA games. But EA Games, when esports get developed, they're going to be making a lot of money because oh, yeah. of their sport division. I think, and the one, the ones that will succeed in the U.S., I think, are those are those type of games. The ones because they will have, they will also not only will they have you know video game companies backing them, they will also have the leagues backing them because it helps their brand a lot. Um, and I think that's why you know, like the Cleveland Cavaliers starting esports team, stuff like that. Those are the esports teams. Those are the esports that in America, I think, will take off um, as far as. Over the worldwide, it might be different. Um, Asia will probably be the League of Legends, Overwatch. Um, I heard what's rumors that what's it called is becoming esports too. Um, Fortnite, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Fortnite and Fortnite's huge here. That might be able to take off here, especially since they've been signing guys like Juju um, Smith Schutzer to play 
mean, the, the, the ones that would take off here are the ones that use sport athletes to promote the brand. That's mm-hmm. why they've been signing guys like Juju. That's why they're having LeBron go out and tour. The ones that will work here in America are the ones that take into consideration, you know, sports and, and try and convert and mix the two. Um, if they try and create this whole new thing, it won't work over here as well as it does in Asia. This is a Garrett topic. Soul Calibur just came out. One of my favorite games as a kid. Mm-hmm. And custom characters causing a ranked debate issue. Causing an issue with ranked debates. Yeah, I... Uh- Essentially what the argument boils down to that a lot of ranked players are saying is that the custom characters that people make to use online in ranked play, mm-hmm. the hitboxes are weird and they can't predict the patterns, which as a fighting game player, yes, that's horrible. Like, oh, you can't see where it's coming from. That's the from. whole game. But also, the other sides of the discussion are going, but you have all these new players coming in because they can make a custom character. See, that's interesting because I'm not super huge in the, like, fighting game community. I guess mm-hmm. in terms of, like, watching games, that's one of the bigger ones that I watch usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, with, with fighting games, it's it's easy to watch sometimes. Yeah. That's why Smash is so popular because that, everyone can play Smash. Fighting games were the original eSport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I understand what they're talking about. Like, if you can't predict a hitbox, like, I was reading the article and it had, like, a, it had a gif of a character or a character that couldn't block an attack that could when you use the same moveset. With a creative character, because the way they're the way that their hitboxes are organized are different. So I understand the complaint. I also don't get the argument that hey, we're bringing in new people with creative characters because it's still like it's not the same thing. One side obviously has a bigger argument because the people who go to Evo and are competing in these tournaments have an argument that the game is not what they're looking for. Yeah. The fact that they can't detect these hitboxes is affecting gameplay, but the other side still has merit because a lot of people want to make their own character and fight with it. For example, the popular videos for Soul Calibur, if you look it up on YouTube, are like Thanos feeding up Shrek. It's stupid, but people are getting interested in the game. They want to try out Soul Calibur. They're like, oh, this looks kind of cool. I've never heard of this game, but I'll try it. But like, you can do that in unranked play. Like the art- Again, the article we were referencing that we got this from mentions that Injustice 2 does it the right way, where everything, they equal the playing field in ranked play. Every character that's, every created character that uses another character's, like, moveset and everything has the same hitbox. Yeah, uh, I definitely like the Injustice 2 model. I was really big into Injustice 2 when it came out, especially once they added Mm Sub-Zero. And the equipment didn't affect your stats online, it just affected your appearance. And if that was how it worked, it would work a lot better. I do admit that Soul Calibur does have an issue with the hitboxes. If I was playing the game, I'd be angry if yeah. your character could just block this attack now. Yeah, in casual play, you know, regular couch co-op or couch versus, that's not a huge issue. You know, if you want to, if you want to have Thanos beat up Shrek on the comfort of your couch, sure. But in ranked play, that that's something that's different and that means a lot more. So I understand why people are upset. Yeah. It's essentially the same people mm-hmm. in the end who complain about having items in Smash. It makes the game fun. It's a Smash yeah. is a party game, and like they go over to a friend's house and they're like, 
I don't want you to use items. I want to play Fox 1v1 Final Destination Laser Pistols only. They're trying to find new players, and that's fine. If they made it a quick play only thing, so a game mode that doesn't affect your rank, and that's where you can use the custom costumes, that would be fine. Yeah. Because they do that in Injustice as well. It's, it's an issue that is like kind of complicated because people want to join for that reason. Do you think that they're going to ban it in tournaments? Do you think it's going to be like a house rule? Oh, I can see that plain as day because they ban items in Smash for tournaments. They, okay. It's, whenever it comes down to a house rule, definitely. I think Soul Calibur will want to stick with its customized characters in ranked yeah. because it is a... Um, they sold the game on customizable characters. Oh. And they... I mean, Soul Calibur has always tried to draw people in with those kind of gimmicks oh, yeah. in their advertising. Like, they had to... Darth Vader to Soul Calibur Five. I remember. I loved that game. It's gimmicky, but they get you in. They just announced that they're going to have 2B from Nier Automata, which is a really big game. A lot of people bought it, and it's a gimmick character. Yeah, it's the gimmick character. I think it was Geralt was one of them. Mm-hmm. I forget. There was Yoda for the Xbox version of Soul Calibur Five, And the GameCube version of Soul Calibur, I think it was 3. You could play as Link. I mean, it's... Yeah. They've always done these gimmicks, it's just that now that everybody can go on social media and complain... About it, that it's an issue. Yeah, that now they complain. Okay. Well, that's all we have this week for Colonial Console. Be sure to tune in to RMU Radio next week. Not next week. I get this wrong every single time I do the show. We do the show once every other week, so tune in the second week of November, which will bring us to the 13th. November 13th will be our next show. Well, the lucky November 13th. Yep. Before we go, I got a little bit of a teaser Yeah. for our audience. We're recording this on October 30th, and tomorrow, Toby Fox has made an announcement that Undertale will receive an update and will be a teaser for his next game. That's definitely something we'll be addressing on next podcast, because that's a really old game. <laughs> will Malik have money and play another game by the time we come back? Will Garrett have time to play a game? Tune in next week. Well, I never stopped playing Red Dead. (laughs) Tune in on Colonial Console.